2: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money investing, and more. We're into the month of June, which means we're almost halfway done with the year. Wow. What a year 2020's been. A lot to think about with your portfolios, a lot to think about with taxes, a lot to think about with the presidential election coming up. Just another year for the stock market. No. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to be a guest on the show. Um, CFP Chad Burton does a show Monday through Fridays here on AM 1220 KDIW. It's a great show. It's a financial planning show by a CFP certified practitioner. You can find the podcast at newfocusfinancial.com and it's filled with content just like this. Chad, if I begin to draw at age 53 from my 401k, what kind of tax burden might I be looking at? Good question.
3: Yeah, it is. And that's an email from, from a listener that's been listening for quite a while and Uh, it kind of covers, it's kind of the second part of that question that you and I covered that he asked before about, um, a job being affected. Um, you know, basically laid off an early retirement kind of a situation. Um, so a lot of people say, okay, well, all of my savings is in my 401k. How do I access that if I need to pay, you know, put food on the table, pay expenses and things like that? Um we don't really have numbers. so We don't know how much is in that versus a pension that he mentioned and and some disability income that he mentioned in the past. So the, the idea that he has enough to retire, I don't know yet. Right. So he's probably going to need to use some of that money to get through the short term while he finds another job or retrains for a new job. Right. Um, Typically the tax burden from drawing from your IRA or 401k is it's pretty tough it's, when you're under 59 and a half. You have a 10% penalty, plus you pay all the, you know, you, it's, it's 100% ordinary income, so you're paying all the taxes. I don't know what his tax burden is yet because I don't know what his tax return looks like. When people file taxes, they take either the standard deduction or they itemize your deductions, right? Sure. So, so you have, the, the, if he's married, filing jointly, you've got $24,000 of income that's tax-free, and then after that, you go through a tax bracket situation. And so when you're married filing jointly, if, if, if your first $24,000 is tax free, the next $19,750 is going to be taxed at 10%. And from $19,751 to $80,000, it's 12%. And then you get into the 22 and then the 24% bracket. So it depends on, you know, are you itemizing or taking the standard deduction? Do you have children? Because that's additional tax deductions. Um, and then it goes through the process. And the question is, Is can he avoid this 10% penalty for being under 59 and a half? Now, under the CARES Act, Rob, if you actually lost a job, you're furloughed, you actually have had COVID, whatever it may be, there might be a way that you can avoid that 10% penalty on up to 100 grand of distributions from your 401k.
2: That's good news and bad news, right?
3: Yeah, and, and, and the bad news is is that I'm hearing radio ads even on other stations that these private real estate investment deals are trying to get people to take money out of their 401k as a result of this to invest in real estate. Horrible, horrible plan.
2: Just, a, lot of, it's a, it's, a lot of
3: commissions and fees just, being paid out of that money. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, it's, it blows me away that those types of ads are coming up on in something like this, but I guess, you know, Oh, well opportunity knocks. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's certain times, like if you separate from service, let's say you're, you're, you have enough money to actually retire at 55. So you separate from service from your company, you could actually start drawing from a 401k at age 55 in many cases. Um, but in this case, he's 53. Um, so if you can't qualify for this $100,000 out because of COVID, and again, that's just avoiding the 10% penalty. That That's 100% taxable, whatever you take out. It's just avoiding the penalty. If somebody needs money out of a 401k or IRA early and they don't qualify for that you know, 55 separation from service from a 401k, you have to do a 72T distribution, which we touched on before, and there's a lot of calculations involved, and there's limited income, and in, you have to stick with it for five years or age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So once a person starts at age 53, that distribution under a 72T regulation to avoid that 10 percent penalty, in this case, they would have to stick with it for six and a half years. And if they ever altered a payment, took more out, or, you know, not enough, even if they didn't stick with that payment program, it can all be subject to that penalty, the entire all of the distributions. You have to I be
2: very careful in a situation like this. So you and I differ. I'm a little bit more vulgar. If someone were to come and tell me, hey, I want to take my 401k and get money out of it. It's my piggy bank. I deserve it. I got laid off. I would say something along the lines of, can I lend you the money at 20% versus you losing that in taxes and, and penalties? Um, would you, As a CFP, you would really push people to find alternatives. You wouldn't be as vulgar as me. But losing time in the market, if you're 52, you're losing 10 more years of compounding growth and that stuff. And I try to talk people out of doing that unless it's a true, true emergency, like they're losing an arm.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the, one of the worst places to, to take an emergency withdrawal from. Um, but, again, it's its not – this isn't a, a bonus. This isn't like, oh, great, I can take money out. This is This is a last – Plan scenario like the, I, I don't have any other options. I need to put food on the table. Um, I've exhausted got my it. unemployment options. If I'm a business owner, I've exhausted my PPP loan options, um, and I've just simply got to pay my mortgage. Right? That, that's what this is for. And any other issue, it's, it's you, you're kind of robbing your retirement. So, um,
2: yeah. the, I the think fo- I know you're on I was going to say, I think I know your answer on this, Chad, but let's be clear. If you're 25 years old and you got $10,000 in a 401k, probably not a great idea to rob it, but that's going to be a lot less economic damage to someone long-term than someone who's 53 and taking some money out. Is that fair?
3: Yeah, that's fair. And maybe you and I should start one of these retirement payday um, loan kiosks.
2: (laughs) That didn't work out terribly well for us when we tried to do that year 2000 (laughs) <laughs> uh, I know, but mutual but fund, we know what we did wrong and we do it right this time. <laughs> Chad is so, inferring no, 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 no. to trying to take advantage of people and we have a business model that doesn't do that. But um, funny times. we got about a minute and a half. Should we uh, keep on this topic or or head to a new one? Well, no, I mean, I, I think that the, the it's really
3: just what the mindset here is, is going to be. I mean, things will eventually return to normal in a lot of industries besides maybe certain travel and, and restaurant-type industries. So the money... If, if it's available and you're using it for retraining and to really focus on just paying your minimal expenses and getting back to work, um, don't look at this as a, a, a forced retirement into fixed income that is just not enough.
2: Get back to work if if you need to. Do a financial plan and figure out where you are in life. Having a plan and an emergency plan helps, especially when your times are troubled. It's CFP Chad Burton. He's going to stick around next segment or later in the show, Chad. No, next segment. Let's do it. Okay. We got another segment with CFP Chad Burton coming up. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial dot com. Um, lots of lots of time right now to really wrap your head around retirement. We got an email from Tommy and one of the things he was asking about is tapping into his four one K early. Not the best idea. But if you're going to go that direction, it's a really good idea to work with a CFP and come up with a plan on how to replace those funds, and/or is this appropriate and/or not. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. You can see Chad Burton there as well.
1: We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I always appreciate some extra radio time, air time to talk with CFP Chad Burton. We've known each other for a long time. We compliment one another. There was uh, some news out from the video game makers. Activision Blizzard, they canceled their Call of Duty update. Um, and they said now is not the time to be talking about video games. I don't know if I should be talking about investing and retiring and situations at this time. I don't know. What's your answer to that, CFP Chad Burton? Should we be talking about retirement issues, or should we take a couple of days off?
3: I would love to take a couple of days off. I'm ready. <laughs> I know, right? I would. I would love to go travel and leave the you know all this <laughs> all this stuff. Murder Hernets, ri- riots, um, Carol Baskin. Let's just all leave it all in the, in the past and forget about it for a little bit. But we can't really forget about it. I mean, the world definitely needs some change. That's for sure. So it's, uh, New
2: Year's Eve is going interesting to this year. This. So let's get into another CFP email question. Um, you sent me a third one. I'll start, go to the second one. Hope you're staying safe, Chad. My wife recently opened an LLC, which is taxed as an S Corp so she can save on taxes. We haven't set up her payroll yet and also need to open a solo 401k. Got a few questions. A, can I use Gusto or similar payroll system generate payroll? or I should reach out to a CPA. B, she has an old 401k and Vanguard rollover IRA, but we're planning to open a solo 401k with TD Ameritrade or ETrade. What would you recommend her doing with this? Maybe a backdoor mega Roth IRA. I'm going to let you run with this and you can add color to it. I don't want to read a long email per se. Yeah, so, okay, first
3: of all, th- there's so many issues in this and you can tell this guy listens to the show a lot yep. because he's, he's, he's basically implementing all the stuff that... You know, we we talk about in bits and pieces. All right, so let's say you're a self-employed person, Rob. It's you or just you and your spouse, and um, you're trying to figure out a way to save on taxes. So, what people tend to do is they'll they'll tend to create an S corp, right? If you have an LLC, you 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 don't have to file. You can file it on a Schedule C. So if you go to an S-Corp, the reason why you're going to an S-Corp is because your income has become high enough to say that, all right, I'm going to take part of my net income as W-2 wages and the other part as an S-Corp distribution, which avoids the the self-employment tax or the FICA, right? So let's okay. say you're all of a sudden you're hitting 100 grand a year of net business income so that's after all of your expenses you're 100 grand profitable and you can somehow justify 60k as salary and 40k as a s corp distribution and avoid paying payroll taxes complicated on that 40k right okay as soon as you do that though you can actually it actually means you can put less into an individual 401k in the profit share side So you really have to be careful in running the numbers and get very clear advice because as soon as people do that S-corp change, it limits how much they can put in pre-tax on the profit-sharing side of an individual 401k plan. Um, So there's a crossover point that you really need to look at. You really need to have a good CPA on board to to model your situation. Does does this make sense? Because as soon as you create that S-corp, a lot of people think it's so much more in terms of limited liability. and stuff. It's not really. It just It's just not. So what you're doing is you're complicating your life because, number one, you have to file an additional tax return, right? You have to sure. file that new S-corp tax return. And um, then you've got the fee to the state of California to do that. And then you also have to, if you want to continue to invest in an individual 401K, you have to do payroll. So that's why he's talking about something like Gusto, which is an online payroll program. And that's fine because most CPAs have gotten out of the business of doing payroll. And what payroll is, is that you have to, if you want to fund, if you're an S-Corp and you're self-employed and you want to be able to fund that 401k, that 401k funding has to show up on a W-2 and it has to be done correctly before the end of the year. So you need a payroll company to actually you know, create that W-2 and, and make sure that things are legit. So we we find this all the time. We have at least once every year or two, we get somebody that we're working with and all of a sudden at the end of the year, they like, oh by the way, I've switched to an S corp because my CPA told me to and and then we're like, well, you didn't say anything to us. Number one, that wasn't a great idea for you. Number two, it screwed up your individual 401k funding. Um, because you now would have had to done that before the end of the year, and now you missed out on that tax deduction. (laughs) So you really have to make sure you're you're communicating with your CPA, your financial advisor, and and everybody else to make sure this is right. And to review what an individual 401k is, an individual 401k is like a SEP IRA on steroids. It allows you to do um, your pre-tax contribution, your catch-up contribution, a profit share contribution, and, you know, you can get up to fifty two to $62,000 away pre-tax, Rob, if you do things the right way.
2: Okay. What's interesting about what you're bringing up, and I love you, man, <laughs> I really do, but this is some complicated stuff that I want nothing to do with in my life. I once met Steve Forbes, I was on Forbes on Fox, and he's a nice, nice guy, and he was the flat tax guy. Don't you think we'd benefit if we simplified all of this stuff? And again, we don't have to get into a long flat tax kind of conversation, but... If you don't have a CPA, you're kind of behind the eight ball here. Oh,
3: yeah, it's a flat tax system would be a lot easier. I mean, we got closer with a a higher standard deduction. Okay, Um, But it is it it does get very complicated. And the fact that people get limited in terms of how they want to save for retirement is a little bit silly. It really should be. I mean, a a better way to do everything would be, okay. everybody pays a certain amount of flat tax after a certain amount of money um, that, you know, gets people out of poverty, but then let's just invest in something that's more like a Roth IRA and get rid of all these deductions so that the government can then say, okay, we know how much revenue we're going to get, right? I don't know. That's it, it's a whole conversation that we could get into. Oh, yeah. Um, but I will say that this stuff sounds pretty darn complicated, the individual 401ks, and then he's talking about a mega backdoor yeah. Roth IRA. Um, it's all on our website. If you go to newfocusfinancial.com dot under the insights tab, there's, there's blogs on the mega Roth 401k that you can do, even if you're working for Apple or Cisco or Microsoft. And there's a specific one for self-employed that talks all about this situation. Now, okay. if you want to open up an individual 401k, you can go to TD Ameritrade or Schwab. I I would prefer those two over E-Trade any day. Um, sure. they're better free to work.
2: set up. Sure. What's that? Just better paperwork to start with.
3: Yeah, and then I just think reporting, too, in general. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're free to set up, right? And you don't have to file a tax return unless you have over two hundred fifty grand. Once you do, you have to file a $5,500. And that, that's not that complicated. Most CPAs can do it. Um, so if you're self-employed, you really need to look at that option. If you want to be self-employed and have that Mega Roth 401k option, you actually have to have a specifically designed plan that costs a little bit more money. Um, from what 's called a TPA a third party administrator to actually create the document for you, but it's it 's well worth it for those people that are really trying to sock away money and we 've got people putting away you know twenty thirty thousand dollars into the roth side of their individual 401k every year as a result of <clears throat> the
2: mega roth you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com lots of blogs, lots of downloads right there newfocusfinancial.com <music>
1: Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
0: KDOW.
2: I've been doing financial investing and financial media for well over 20 years. Um, This is an odd market, super high unemployment combined with a crazy amount of stimulus coming from the Federal Reserve, United States government, world governments. I'm perplexed by what I'm seeing. Um, I always like talking to smart people, CFP, Chad Burton, and uh, Briefing.com's Patrick O'Hare, my two favorites. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, Rob, I'm doing okay. Somewhat confused like you, to be <laughs> to be truthful. You got any like mood relaxers, volume or anything for me to take? Because I look <laughs> at the unemployment, and then I look at the stock rally, and then I look back at unemployment, and I'm okay. Like it, it can happen. Uh, 1968 kind of had a lot of civil unrest and issues in America. Like history is teaching us like, maybe this isn't, but we've never seen historical bad numbers in jobs. Like it does help to talk to smart people. So thank you. Sure. Yeah. What are you working on? Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no. All you. What'd you work on, sir? Yeah.
4: Well, you know, I am just trying to work on, on figuring this all out. Um, you know, one of the ideas that I put forth in the page one column I write each day is simply that you have a market working off the theory of relativity, right? Um, and okay. uh, while some some people would, you know, take exception to the idea that it's it's not being driven by, the, you know, the Fed's monetary policy, I think that uh, you have to at least accept the view that if nothing else, the Fed's Generous liquidity support has at least instilled a a huge confidence factor in the market to think that um, we can kind of have a, a, a bridge uh, to the other side of this calamitous economic downturn. And so you have a market that's kind of setting aside uh, the reality of the situation, the fundamental reality of the situation right now. Uh, in the hope of what should be and ideally will be a much better situation relative to the one that we have right now. and um, And so you have that dynamic on top of uh, a dynamic of under positioning with a lot of cash on the sidelines and a market that just keeps running. And so you have, I think a um, call it a uh, both a flat squeeze. And what I mean by that is that you do have people sitting on the sidelines flat. You know, they're not sure what to do, but there's a lot of cash there. And as the market keeps running up, they have a fear of missing out. So they put some of that cash to work. And then by the same token, you have a short squeeze because, uh you know, there's certainly a lot of reason out there to think that this market has gone nuts and that this rally can't be sustained. And so you have that, uh, you know, that view couched in short bets, which are then now being covered as the market continues to be resilient to selling interest.
2: I was toying around with Warren Buffett's quote earlier in the hour before you um, talk about Mr. Market being incredibly moody. Um, Is that kind of what we're doing at this point in time? Should we go to Warren Buffett and say, uh, March looked bad because we were moody about job losses uh, April and May looks better because the comparisons next year look a little bit easier from going down 25% retail to down 15% retail and hey, are, are we looking at a moody market right now or are we looking at a smart market how would you characterize what we've seen in the last um, three months three months
4: yeah yeah well I, I, moody's a good word for it Robin I, I think in this case you know the mood is certainly upbeat Um and uh you need to see that in this uh kind of this recovery you're getting in in the cyclical plays and the and the value oriented stocks that have just been uh, you know, left for dead and, and you don't see that unless there's uh a uh a belief that uh, you'll get stronger periods of growth coming, um, and, 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 and that those stronger periods will be sustained. And so therefore there's some, you know, long-term value obviously embedded in these stocks that have been left behind. And so you have a market that's now chasing and flocking into those names. You can see that being extended outward, um, to, to Europe as well. Um, seen a nice big pickup in European bourses of late on um, this recovery optimism. Some other factors contributing there, um, but what's interesting right now and um, somewhat counterintuitive or perverse, or I don't know how you want to what word to use here, but you you might be seeing now in this latest extension um, some elements of why the market should be ready to pull back, okay. and uh, and what I mean by that is that you have uh, like for instance you're seeing. Um, you know, bond prices really um, sell off today. I've uh, seen gold futures, you know, sell off. So what you have is uh, you're seeing the yen, you know, really, um, uh, you know, weaken against the dollar. And so what, you, what you've got there are kind of signs of um, people that uh, who are very bearish on the market, on the stock market are, are throwing in the towel in a, in a way. And and when you get to that juncture is oftentimes when you see a unrelenting rally uh, lose some of its steam. So that doesn't mean necessarily that you're gonna have a major, major sell-off, but it does perhaps suggest that uh, this uh, breathless rally that we've seen going here uh, with a 40% move off the March 23rd, those may be on the cusp of stalling out for a
2: bit. Mm-hmm. It's tough to predict, isn't it? Um, People look to us and want the prediction, but all we could say is this is what history has shown us and this is the data that we're seeing now. Um, Anything else that you're working on right now that's um, interesting of note? I saw in your page one you brought up Zoom video last night. The Zoom boom. Last year's IPO. I brought this up earlier, um, Patrick. um, Zoom last year was considered uh, a unicorn. Where they were worth over a billion dollars and they weren't making a billion dollars, and we saw no path to a billion dollars, and then boom, uh, COVID mm. comes in, kind of a nice surprise for uh, an IPO that probably shouldn't have IPO'd last year.
4: Yeah, uh, you know it was. It probably should be a no. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Zoom Video, you know, had a had a terrific report. Um, yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's it's out there in the headlines every day how everyone's made uh, extensive use of Zoom to collaborate, communicate, um, you know, through this uh, unprecedented period. And, you know, like anything else, though, I, I think if, if Zoom has a problem in front of it, it's, it's that it's done so well during this period. Uh, and you do have some other competitors out there that uh, are deep pocketed, very large companies. That are going to try and you know m- you know move into this uh, you know online communication uh, you know remote learning remote work activity portal that Zoom Video has has done very well to to, to capture and so you're going to clearly going to be facing some very very high expectations for a stock that's you know not exactly cheap and uh, and it's going to need to keep that momentum going to. Uh, to sustain, you know this this lofty stock price. So, um, but for the time being, kind of like the stock market itself, um, everything's rosy, looking good, and so you continue to have uh, the stock uh, levitate here off of what was really, you know, undeniably a very good report.
2: It's interesting because there's that old Wall Street maxim: um, "Sell in May and go away." And this year, with a lot of what I'm seeing, some of what you're seeing, it may make sense, and yet. Here we are still involved in the market, still exposed to the market, and we're not doing that old maximum of sell and may and go away. Um, Any thoughts on that perspective of maybe take a little bit of a break? I told people in the first hour, um, you know, this this big up push, take a look around for anything that might be like a smelly shoe in your portfolio or smelly shoe in your retirement planning and and get rid of it into strength. You'll never have to look at it again. But any other thoughts on like that whole sell and may concept?
4: Well, I think you know a couple things. One, you know, no two years are alike, that's true. Uh, and uh, obviously, this this year is just, is something you know for the record books in more ways than one. And so, that's just one one factor there. The other thing, though, is that I think if you know if, if we've learned anything right now over the last several months is that it just goes to show it's 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 it's, it's impossible to time the market, and it's always that's- to a an investor's advantage to remain invested through thick and thin. You might change the allocation within your portfolios uh, to account for different economic conditions, but, um, but, but it always pays in the end over the long term to remain invested and, and all you, know, you wanted to do here and what we suggested even coming into this year was really to, you know, uh, when we had a market trading of what we thought then was a lofty valuation, you know, you wanted to gravitate more toward quality companies with sound balance sheets, right? And, uh, and that adage kind of rings true, uh, through every year really for a long-term minded investor, because those are the companies that are going to pay dividends that are going to create total return potential for you. And so, um, so that's one of the lessons out of this, but you know, I think that, you know, we, um, could see some choppiness here over the next, in the near term as we kind of digest this move off the March low. Um, But right now there's been no disproof of the optimism that's that's been driving this rally. There's still faith in a vaccine coming. There's still faith that you're going to get better employment numbers. There's still faith that you're going to see a pickup in spending activity. And I get that. And that's why the market continues to hold up here on this theory of relativity.
2: You don't have to respond intelligently to this, but one of my radio show isms is hope belongs on a football field in church i hope my football team wins the super bowl and i hope there's an afterlife um, I, I don't have a lot of faith per se in anything other than those two if that makes any sense but i appreciate your contacts mr o'hare and um, i start my day every day with your page one and i end it every friday with your big picture um, huge compliment to you and huge appreciation of you and your work thank you so much uh, mr o'hare can be found at briefing.com Um, I would say kind of a market strategist, kind of a perspective. Um, Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday at this time. His big picture column, it's fun for me. It's not quite like Disneyland, but it's fun. It's a lot of data written by an intelligent person with a lot of market history. Um, Good stuff. You can find him at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black.
1: in a time. God, so much to visit rob black online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow
2: so you can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robloxshow.com. There's podcasts. There's ways to get in touch. Um, markets are singing along. Um, good, faith in, good faith in stimulus. Good faith in the United States government, I suppose. Of um, hey, This is going to sound a little like a conspiracy theory. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not a conspiracy theory. I do believe in Bigfoot, but that's for different reasons, because I think I've seen Bigfoot. He was on a beach in New Jersey. He was a really hairy dude. Um, Got up really slowly. It scared me. But here's my conspiracy theory, is that our government doesn't have a plan B for retirees. Uh, Social Security is not enough. You know that. I know that. Um, A lot of people, their retirement is tied up in the stock market. So our government can print money or they can try to tax more or try to tax less or they can try to stimulate by coming up with free college or no college or let's focus on math and science or let's go into space. I believe that our government will do all things they can to prevent a stock market from affecting people's retirements dramatically because it's turned into the plan B when Social Security is not there. This is an interesting time. I feel a little uncomfortable going on radio and talking about wealth and retirement. I talked with CFP Chad Burton this hour, and he said, Yeah, if you have your own business, you could put sock away x, 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 x amount of dollars. I'm like, I don't think people are socking away money right now. I think people are focused on fear. But that's what we're dealing with. I don't feel good about the time, but we have to, you know, we have to talk about this issue. Um Stock markets continue to push higher. There's been a lot of rotation. I've seen more rotation last month where tech stocks will have their day and then financial stocks will have their day and then Russell 2000 will have their day. So we're starting to get a little bit stretched. It looks like it feels like I'm kind of assuming that the rally should peter out for a little bit during the summer um, as we sit back and watch the election cycle. Microsoft is a skosh lower today. Facebook is a skosh lower today. I would refer to those as notable holdouts. The mega cap tech stocks, um, you know, rallied us off of the March twenty three low, but now the gains have started to out to the beaten down cyclical sectors. On any given day, you can take a look and see like airlines up double digits, whereas not so much for the tech guys who got us. Like people who always wanted Apple you had a chance to buy Apple in in March. People who always wanted Microsoft, you had a chance to buy Microsoft in March. Uh, It didn't last long, but that's a little bit of what's going on. Um, The Disney hope springs eternal right now. We want things to get back as fast as we can. I'm a little bit nervous about that. I think we're a little unrealistic with how long it's going to take jobs to come back, which should hurt the economy, which should hurt profits, which should hurt the stock market and that's okay i'd still take the last 10 20 30 years in a heartbeat even if you give me a bear market for a year or two i'm more than cool with that 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air i'm seeing more statistics and i don't know what to make of this yet of people leaving the big cities and shopping with realtors in other markets Um, Smaller markets, cheaper markets, uh, markets that have good internet. Uh, Is that a trend? Or is it a a gut reaction? Will it hold? Tough to say. But there's economic activity happening. Alaska Air says it continues to experience demand that is significantly below normal levels. So 78% below April 2019 levels. Uh, May was also 79% below May 2019 levels. So We see some data out of a company, um, a restaurant company like a Starbucks saying, well, March was bad year over year. April was a little bit better. May's definitely a little bit better. We're not seeing it out of Alaska Air yet, but we're seeing it out of Southwest. So it's going to be a market of stocks, not a stock market. Cheesecake Factory gave uh, a COVID update. They said approximately 25% of the restaurants have reopened their dining rooms. Makes me kind of want to go see what it looks like, to see what it feels like. The reopened Cheesecake Factory restaurants have recaptured on average approximately 75% of prior year sales levels. Okay. Um, it, I can't get excited by that. Back to people migrating. Redfin CEO was on CNBC just uh, a while ago, and he said he's seeing a mass migration of people out of large cities due to COVID-19 remote work and ongoing protests. A little urban anxiety, if you will. KB Holmes, Lenar, Pulte, Toll Brothers, D.H. Horton, um, all plays on housing at this point in time. Morgan Stanley upgraded Apple to a price target of $340. Interesting. Um, they say they think App Store net revenue grew about 39% year over year in May. That's the strongest year-over-year growth for the app store since April 2017. So they're talking about app stores. They're not really talking about Apple's new phone, the SE, or the what's coming out. But the, they're talking about the services growth. It's interesting because I think we're going to see a little pent-up demand for hardware. But I think we'll see a little blowout in services that should lead back to more normalized levels. We shouldn't see 12% year-over-year growth. That's about 200 basis points higher than normal. I'm not telling you don't do it. I'm just, I find that an interesting upgrade focused solely on services. I own shares of Apple. DraftKings target was raised 50 bucks. It's currently a $40 stock. So you do the math, and that's like 25% upside, right? Now you probably also say, "If I bet if I do the math, I'm going to see a com- crazy overvalued company. Coming out and again, I don't know. Steve Ballmer, uh, ex of Microsoft, now of the LA Clippers owner, he's like, I don't see us getting people in stadiums anytime soon. Like, probably not the fall. But when they start playing games, people are going to start gambling. <laughs> uh, any live sporting event right now, you see ads now for DraftKings and you know wager on this, wager on that. So there's be pent-up demand for watching sports. And if you can't go to the game, maybe you'll put some skin in the game. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you. Oh, for instance, I'm Rob Black. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Grab a podcast. Also find me at robblackshow.com. Just-